SMQBs. This is episode 92. We're starting out with a World Cup update in great anticipation of USA versus Iran tomorrow. Uh, check us out on that. Then we give you an NFL Week 12 update. Get the state of the feeling with Dallas fans and Eagles fans. Talk a little uh, Commanders, Giants upcoming game and touch on the AFC too. We get an update on college football. Does Pope apologize to TSU? Hmm. Wait for it. A punchable face, a lasso. Overall, great episode. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. And from the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my hands are roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQBs, episode 92. All right, here we go. He played two seasons for the Memphis Showboats. Come on, everybody. This is come like, on. come on. Hall of he, Famer, Michael Strahan. Stop oh, it. No. Reggie White is the great, maybe one of the greatest yeah, defensive players. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Come it on, needs to be Reggie White. One. This was an easy one. It's Reggie Rushmore with a LT. House Homer special. You went with Reggie White? It's a pretty clear. Who did yeah. you go with, Milk? Does it have to be like the best player to wear the number? I mean, been, that's kind of the goal. That's the idea. That. That's the idea. necessarily worked out that way, but yeah. I agree. It's, uh, you know what? I've got some numbers coming up, so I'm excited. In fact, I might have the last one before 100 because there's only 199. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you, there you, oh, you think God. you might be able to get that? that Warren Sapp? Damn right, baby. Oh, oh come on. I think there's a 99 who's going to probably the, beat out yeah. Sapp. Pretty sure yeah. there is. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, let's let's give the let's home run mind. king. The home run king for one, bro. Let's let's <laughs> give. Uh, oh God! You mean the San Francisco Giant, bro? <laughs> let's give uh, Reggie his due regard. Hold on, Super Bowl champion, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, eight-time First Team All Pro, five-time Second Team All Pro. 13 times Pro Bowler, two-time NFL sacks leader, 1980s and 90s All-Decade team, 75th anniversary team, 100th anniversary team. He's in the Eagles Hall of Fame, the Eagles 75th anniversary team. His number was retired by the Eagles. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame. Packers retired his number. Three-time NFC Defensive Player of the Year. That's impressive. Uh, SEC Player of the Year. All on and on and on, uh, over 1,100 tackles and 198 sacks, and ranks second all time uh, in sacks in the NFL behind. behind. And and a minister to boot behind. Who's he behind for all time sacks? All time no. sacks. Uh, Bruce Allen? Michael Strahan. Bruce mm. is right. Uh, Bruce not uh, Bruce. Allen. Oh my God, Bruce, Bruce Allen. Because I Virginia, saw Bruce Virginia Tech's very own. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. Bruce, Bruce, Smith. Bruce, Bruce Allen. Right, 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 right. Bruce, where, right. where did he go to college? Who? Reggie. I don't know. Come on, man. I'm Tennessee, sorry. baby. Tennessee. Uh, Rocky Top. Yeah. Rocky Top. You knew it would be an SEC guy. Come on. Well, I knew it was SEC because Chris said so. Oh, well, yeah. let's you know, uh, Orange Bowl uh, Rocky Tops. That's let's right. just jump right into it. We're gonna go. We're gonna talk a lot of football, but let's talk football uh, first. House, um, what's going on in the World Cup? Were you guys part of the twenty million Americans that watched USA battle England on the pitch Damn last right. week? Oh, Damn yeah. right. Yeah. All right. No, yeah, that we we have something really to be proud of. That that is an England team that had just demolished uh the 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 other um oh who did they just destroy iran iran Iran, six to two our opponent tomorrow and um (laughs) that that is a very very talented team filled with premier league stars just up and down the roster and i really think save for a couple scary moments the usa flat out outplayed england uh, and but for a, a crossbar and a couple missed 
opportunities. They they would have stolen that win. Um, unfortunately, and some bad penalties, some some questionable penalties. But unfortunately, after all that great play against England, some great play against Wales, if they don't beat Iran, they're going home. As um, they should. They should beat Iran. They should, but Iran has played well themselves. Uh, I think the story, there's a couple of interesting stories of the World Cup so far. I don't know if you guys know this, but except for the host, Qatar, every African or Middle Eastern nation has scored at least one point through a tie or a win. That That is somewhat shocking when so many of those teams are ranked so low. Of course, uh, Morocco with its victory over Belgium and, and Saudi Arabia with its victory over Argentina have have produced the two biggest upsets in the World Cup so far. But Senegal, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Tunisia, Morocco, Cameroon, and Ghana have all scored at least one point through a tire win. On the flip side of that, the next hosts of the World Cup, North America, including <laughs> Mexico, United States and Canada could all be knocked out and none of them advance to the knockout round. So Canada is already going home. Mexico is very likely to go home and the USA needs that win. So it's not a great showing for the 2026 hosts. Um, but Canada it's been- gets to host. Teams. But it looks good for the future. Don't you think for it's Canada? North American US- bid. What the North Mexico bid. Mexico's definitely dropped down from where they were previously, but Canada is coming up there. They, they played very, very well in the match yeah. against Belgium. Yeah. Um, the yeah, USA, moral victory for Moose Jaw. One could say they outplayed their opponents and then just kind of panicked and gave up some disorganized goals. Yeah. And USA looks good too. I think, I think next time around, both teams will be strong. Alex, here, here's a couple questions I have for you. Um, first of all, is anybody through to the knockout round already? I was just going to yeah, say, yeah. just Brazil, France, and Portugal are now through. Those are the only three teams that are through, which means that the next few days, Tuesday through Friday, are going to be the equivalent of the knockout round. These game threes being played in these groups are going to be crazy. It's beginning tomorrow, Ecuador, Senegal, Iran, U.S., unbelievable matches that will have deciders. Then Wednesday, packed action, Saudi, Mexico, Poland, Argentina, Australia, Denmark, all deciders. Croatia, Belgium, massive match on Thursday in Group F. Can Canada spoil Morocco's run and come away with one tire win on Thursday? Also Thursday, Germany hanging on for dear life, never having been knocked out in the group stage, has to beat Costa Rica and hope that Spain beats Japan. If Japan continues to show well and tie Spain or beats them, Germany could have some problems. And then Friday, you're going to have a great match between Ghana and desperate Uruguay and Serbia needing to beat Switzerland. So there are so many matches coming up in almost every single group stage because only three teams are through. The final games are going to be bananas. Well, you know Thank what's you different have- about the third, the third uh, stage of group play, right, House? What's that? The third you know, game? What's different about it? Well, the, what's different about it is that all the games are played at the same time. Simultaneous. Simultaneous play. What? The teams, yeah. can't, they can't get to see the results. They're playing for dear life. They don't. Oh, get wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You think, that is cool. Do you that think Germany cool. will bench Mula? I don't think so. I think Germany just needs to chill out and relax and play their normal game. But you can see what, what, what happens with the mental game. These teams, some of these teams are playing so, so tight. Um, but I, I, I want to go back to the U S and the comment before about the, the youth and what to look forward to that, you know, the, the picture I put up this week is this great story. Maybe one of the breakout stars in the group stage of Eunice Musa, who's our midfielder, our midfielders of Tyler Adams and Eunice Musa, uh, Weston McKinney have been unbelievable. Eunice Musa, a lot of people don't know, could have played for four different countries. Uh, he was born in New York. He was raised in England and Italy, and his father uh, is from Ghana. So he could have played for any of those countries. And he specifically 
chose the U.S. because he wants to develop an identity for the U.S. team, and he wants to turn this team into something special. And to choose the U.S. over England and Italy is a pretty big deal, and he's certainly showing up. Uh, he he had he's had two incredible games. He's kind of like the Pope version of a World Cupper. He had a lot of opportunities, different places. Yeah, very much so. Just like very, it. So, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. How kind of, what, but different. What what are we looking for? Like, what what will the U.S. do from a strategy standpoint, knowing they have to to win? How does that affect the the tempo or the or the strategy for the game? Well, the match? I, I I think the success that the U.S. has had so far in the first match against Wales. They started out that first half, scored a goal off Tim Weah using a strategy known as the high press to really bring your players up the field and press it so that the players can't on on defense um, on Iran can't even get it out of their backfield. They couldn't do that against England because it was taking too much risk with the talent that England had. They pulled off from the high press, but I think they're going to go back to their first half strategy that they used against Wales, play that high press, try to get an early goal. And and really just hold on. I, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of energy. Uh, Christian Pulisic has been the star that we asked him to. He's been such a playmaker. And uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a great match. Iran, they're they're not they're not terrible. I, I know England pummeled them, but they they played Wales great. And I don't know. It's going to be tight. I'm I'm definitely nervous about it. So the winner of Iran and USA is advances. Automatically, right? Not if there's a winner. If there's a winner, there's a match, winner. Yes. Okay. If there's a winner, yeah. yes. They get three points. So, so then you have England and Wales. England can lose, correct? And then it comes down to like how many goals? Yes. Wales and they've has. got a big lead. Yeah. So right. far, it hasn't come into play. But it's a great point, Milk. In the in these groups where there are close standings, if there are ties, it will be resolved by goal differential. So that's one of the reasons that you were seeing like Spain poured on seven, nothing or England poured on six, two, they needed to pad those goals just in case. So yeah, Wales, if they beat England, they're really going to need to score goals. And I just think it's unlikely. I think that's a game of huge, huge national pride for both those teams. Oh I, think, I think England's a little embarrassed from what happened to USA. I think England's going to put it to, to Wales. So uh, Brazil's won both games one zero. Yeah. Is that a cause for concern for their fans? Or I mean, do they they look like they can hold up to France? I think they're gonna be fine. I I mean, Rooster, you made a great call about about Switzerland and their defensive play. I mean, that was a tough team to beat to penetrate today. Yeah. And Brazil got through, they had two goals, one was called offsides. They've had a lot, a lot of chances. I do think for me. One team that's not through yet, but I think is the class of this is Spain. Even though Brazil, France, and Portugal, the way Spain has played, including against Germany, has been unbelievable. I I still like Spain a lot. I like Spain and France. Um, for Portugal, it's not been Ronaldo that's been the story. It's been the Man U player, Bruno Fernandes. He's been great in both their matches so far. If Bruno keeps playing well, Portugal... Portugal will go far, but I think um, Brazil and France, all eyes are on Wednesday, Poland, Argentina. Mm. Will Messi be denied a chance at a World Cup? And will he go home in even the group stage? That uh, That's going to, a lot of people around the world are going to be watching that match. Can Wednesday. they get through with a draw? Uh, I don't think they can get through with a draw. So they got it just like US, they got to win. I think they got to beat Poland. I have to double check that, but I'm not sure they can get through. That would be nuts. So group group play is over when? Friday? No, Argentina can get through with a draw. If Saudi um, Arabia loses. If Saudi Arabia loses or ties Mexico, basically, yeah, if they tie Mexico, they're okay because the goal differential right now, Argentina is plus one, Saudi Arabia is minus one. So Argentina gets through with a tie or win as long as Saudi Arabia ties or loses to Mexico to Mexico house. When, when is group play wrapped up then? So group play wraps up Friday and then the round of 16 is Saturday through Tuesday. And then it goes on from there. 
So by the next time we meet next week for episode 93, we're going to be halfway through or almost three quarters of the way through the round of 16. So the uh, World Cup's going to look a lot different. We'll the be next time closing on. it on the Elite Eight. Yeah. Wow. Now, All how right. far? what's the farthest that the U.S. has advanced? I think we made it to the quarters. Well, the farthest we've advanced is the 1930, I guess. Uh, 1930, I think we were in the finals. In the modern era. In the modern era, I think the quarters. In the milk era. The milk era. <laughs> We well we, we made it we made it out of the death round last time we were in it right the death bracket we were in we advanced to the last to the next stage yes. yeah we lost to yeah whoever. we'll see yeah 2014 in Brazil yeah all right all right all right anything else on soccer we're, we, all right go USA go USA don't I'm, fuck it up. Park a few aircraft carriers next to Iran tonight. <laughs> Break them out. Milk, let's talk a little a little NFL football. <sighs> I don't how's, watch NFL. How was your How was your weekend? <laughs> I'm done with the NFL. If you guys, how's that divorce about, thing working out for the Bucks? Yeah, what's the talk about divorce record now? Did you guys see the great cookie catastrophe last night on Hallmark? It was great. Fantastic <laughs> oh, storyline. Yeah, no, it was a. It was an extremely long weekend. Uh, it's felt like it with Thanksgiving, but highlighted by probably the best Thanksgiving slate of NFL games than we've seen in a long time. All three of those games were fantastic. I think they were all within eight points. Um, and, you know, the stars shined in those games. Uh, when it when it came down to to needing a, a field goal to win the game, Allen to Diggs, unbelievable catch. And by the way, I will say this: I think Detroit is the worst, the best worst NFL team in the league. They're not bad. I mean, they should have totally won that game. They could have won that game, but they're the Lions, who, by the way, have also only they've lost since two thousand. Do you know how many times they've lost the Thanksgiving game? Every time. 21. No. no. 14 out of 22 times Jeez. they've lost on Thanksgiving. That home. They, they might want to give that, that special day yeah. game up. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so a great ending there. I think the, the Vikings, who absolutely needed a, a rebound game after the slaughtering against Dallas, um, Cousins comes through, three touchdowns. Uh, Jefferson shines. He has over 100 yards. Uh, they rebound in a huge way. And I think, unfortunately, for several people on, on this podcast, the Cowboys have solidified themselves as the second best team in the East. Um, and the NFC. In the uh, NFC East. Yes. Uh, no, the NFC. Oh. Oh, in- oh I'm sorry. You're going to put the Vikings oh. over? Oh, I'm sorry. 43 oh. at home? Well, so, Milk, that, that's a, I want to ask this question. You, just, you really just jumped there. I Stan, want to ask San question. Fran, maybe. How did, the, how did Dallas fans feel about a 28-20 win over the Giants? Do you feel <laughs> good about that? Does that does that make you feel good and confident? You, well, you are you feel good about are you about asking Z? a Dallas fan or are you asking milk? I'm asking a Dallas fan. <laughs> well, it was it was 20, it was 28 to 13, and they got a, a, a touchdown with eight seconds left that basically they didn't even contest. So it's bullshit, whatever. But, but they were down at half. I mean, they, they had, you know, Dak, first half Dak was average Dak. Second half Dak is the Dak that we need to, you know, take us for a run in January. Um, so it's a frustrating game from a Cowboy standpoint. I mean, I think we all believe we have superior talent to the Giants. Uh, you know, they're all beat up and, and they played a tough game. I and mean, we, we had a, we had a good second half. Uh, we have a hard time putting other than the Minnesota game, putting two good halves together though. So, uh, fortunately we got the Colts and the Texans coming up and get a little scrimmage in, uh, before, you know, the season turns oh. really tough with the Eagles. Yeah. You know, how, how did the, on the hey, easy on the Colts there? Yeah. Easy on the Colts, but yeah. you had to feel good about Zeke playing pretty well. I mean, one of his better games of the season. Yeah. Okay. All right. I still like Pollard as my number one running back. I think we're a better team. You need both evidence by Minnesota. You don't need Zeke. 
but, but Zeke is Zeke, a better. If you're going to play Zeke, you have to have Pollard. Zeke is a much better running back with 10 to 15 carriers carries a game. He 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 has fresher legs. He's making smarter decisions. The pressure's not on him. He is so much better being the alternative back. Now I, it's an experience. No, I, I would agree with that house yeah. for sure. I don't give him the ball more than 15 times. Yeah. Absolutely not. Other than King Henry, though, don't I mean, aren't all teams now you need two running backs? I think, right? I mean, most teams are are a little bit not by committee, but but you just need fresh legs. I mean, it's really hard. Yeah. Nobody takes gets thirty six carries a game anymore, except the guy yeah. behind Rooster. Yeah, well, they yeah. have three three well, backs Chubb. to use on yeah. that team. Chubb no, takes a lot of carries. Saquon doesn't really have a, a a backup who plays much, but they they run the quarterback. Fairly. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I just ask you guys about Thanksgiving? Did, did you see Hunter Henry's catch that was a catch? I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that the same play that Kelsey had in his game, they gave the catch to Kel. Like, we, we, how many times do we text each other, like, what is a catch anymore in the NFL? I don't his know. hand was underneath that ball and they called it a touchdown on the field. Right. Yeah. No, They're getting too yeah. technical. They're getting really technical about it. A guy gets both hands under the ball and has control of it and then rolls out of bounds. And while rolling out of bounds, the ball moves a little and they're calling it a non catch. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. All right. So, so I want to move over to the Eagles though. Same question that I asked Pope for the, for the Eagles fan on here. How do Eagles fans feel today about a 40, 33 win over the Packers? Totally fine. I mean, here's the thing. We, everyone was complaining that we had no offense against the Colts. It came to the end of the game. We had a great defensive game. We had 10 points and we held on thanks to Jalen. Then we had a bad defensive game, but our offense went crazy. If there's a concern in the city is that our special teams are putrid. They are horrible, horrendous. The guy was taking it from eight yards back in the end zone and coming to the 50, three, four times. Our special teams are horrendous, but I think on this pod in the last week or two, one of you said that Jalen is not the MVP. You guys are smoking crack. If you do not think Jalen, if you say that Jalen is just a guy, Mr. Nace, I didn't say that about Jalen. You did on the text. You I said, think he Jaylen locked up the MVP. Last yeah, year. he's, I think he's, I think he locked it up. He's uh, definitely a candidate. He's I definitely said, a strong the, he MVP is, candidate, he's in but he place. We'll he didn't lock anything up. I think I said Dak is just a guy. And yeah, then you Dak's said Jalen too. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. Jalen was just to piss, probably just to piss you off. But, but the running game was that's probably the best game for the for the running game the Eagles have had all year. Oh, yeah, well, three hundred and sixty yards. People, people didn't really. I don't know if they show this on TV, but. The wind was going pretty good in the first half. It was not a great half to pass the ball. What people don't know, in fact, a lot of Eagles fans didn't know until after the game. We knew he was sick, but A.J. Brown got some kind of food poisoning and literally lost seven pounds since Thursday throwing up. He threw up so much, he had a bursted blood vessel in his eye. He was oh. playing sick as shit. That's why he fumbled the ball. That's oh, And he crazy. lost a fucking fumble, which cost well, you me. You could have used that information. Report the fantasy <laughs> yeah. football game against Milk. <laughs> I'm, no, that's look, a protest. He, I didn't have all the information. The I didn't team know loves to run but block. The when your quarterback run. runs for 157 yards, uh, you're going to win nine out of ten times. 125 at half. 100 in the first quarter, right? Which w- that broke an NFL record. He's the first player in NFL history with 150 plus rushing yards, 150 plus passing yards, and two passing touchdowns in history in a game. Yeah, it's cool. Unbelievable. And one other thing from Sunday, I want to bring point out. We we've been talking about this all year about how coaching matters, right? That's been like the theme, okay. And when you coach to win, you win. And when you coach to to just not lose, you lose, okay. And Chargers, Staley, and Peterson's decisions to go for two to win those games, yeah, that's gutsy, gutsy, gutsy moves. Let me tell you about a guy who played just not to lose. And that would be the Bucks coach, Todd Bowles. And his clock management at the end of the game, I, no one watched that game, obviously, because it's two terrible fucking teams. But 
we literally, and I still don't know. I, I just don't understand coaches that don't use their timeouts effectively. We had the, the Browns got down to our like 30 yard line with a minute 30 and we're up by touchdown and there's two outcomes here, right? Either they're going to score a touchdown and tie the game or the bucks are going to win. Right. And if they're going to tie the game, you want to leave enough time for who Tom Brady to like maybe have the ball with a minute and 30 left to go and win the game. Cause he's pretty good at that. Last I checked. And that asshole does not use any fucking timeouts it's third and fourth and 10. He's letting the clock tent, clock tick. Literally, there's one more play. It's either going to be a touchdown. He's going to tie the game or you're going to win the game. So maybe you would call a timeout. He doesn't call one. They score a touchdown and the clock goes from would have been a hundred, a minute 20, something like that to 30 seconds. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And Tom Brady on his first play with 30 seconds left, hits a 40 yard pass if we had more time, we would have won the game. Are we still talking about the Bucks here? Yeah, yes. I, I'm right? sorry. I it the point is up. that when you play timid, <laughs> you fucking lose. And when you play to win, like Stanley and Peterson did, good things Wait, happen. You're talking about the coach of the number one NFC South leading Tampa That's Bay right, Bucks. Right, right, right. We, Be careful. By the way. Who the would, five and six first place Who would host Bucks. Dallas right now? They would host Dallas. And we would get smoked. Okay, but but I want to turn it around on our resident District of Columbia. And I don't know if he's even living there right now, but Bison, are you not concerned that the terrible Falcons should have won that game, but for Marcus Mariota sucking and an interception at the end of that game? That interception doesn't happen. You lose to the Falcons. Are you and DC fans concerned? Well, no, I mean, this is what we are as a team. I mean, we're going to have to bite, scratch, and claw for any any win we get. We're not a good enough team that, that you know, to just come in and blow. First of all, the Falcons aren't, aren't that terrible, and Mariota had a pretty good game. The concerning thing was um, – was the way he ran the ball on the on the run option plays. I mean, they they sort of tore us up, and our defense going into the game was the second best defense in the NFL against the run. Um, so that was of concern, and and I I already told Rooster today I don't like that going in up to the Giants uh, because I think they can do a lot of the same thing. So I am worried about that. And on the interception, I mean, it's you can't really say that on Mariota. I mean, Payne knocked the ball up in the air, and Fuller made a great play. That was that was a really good play all around by the defense. So am I concerned? I mean, I don't think that it's, it's accurate to say this team is competing for the Super Bowl. So if we're going to win games, if we're going to be winning them ugly and close, um, the good thing for us is to win them. And, and we did win. So concerned. I mean, I guess I just, I know what we are. Uh, I think any game we can win is, is feel pretty good. Speaking about interceptions, I have a couple of quarterback questions for you guys. You know, those two interceptions thrown by uh, Aaron Rodgers were both on him. You know, he likes to stare down his receivers and shake his head. They were both on him. The the rookie safety for the Eagles made a beautiful play on that ball. Um, who thinks that Aaron Rodgers has played his last season for the Packers? I think I think I just saw him play his last game. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have contact. not see the field again. Well, yeah. what about Zach Wilson? Who thinks Zach Wilson's thrown his last pass for the Jets? No, Number I, I two pick so. in the draft. I, I don't know. You can give up that early. You can't, you can't bench White after that game. Yeah, White will come back to earth. Wilson needs Yeah, but they, they need to give him a chance to do it first. Uh, yeah, that's fine. You got to stick with him. But let's, uh, next year, I, I, I see a. You know, one of the available quarterbacks like Jimmy G or Brissett even playing for the Jets. Zach Wilson's not not the answer. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. He, well, and he got part of the reason he got benched is because of his his attitude and his failure to take any responsibility. I mean, that really pissed the the Jets management off. He's got to well, stay away from the then, mess. And then there's what do you do if you're the Denver Broncos? right now oh I mean, it's over train wreck I, are there, I think I, they're cooking i saw a stat today on the dead cap money they can't just cut this guy I what mean, how, how much do they lose i mean there are some years they're they've they've got 30 40 50 million dollars of dead cap money 
Like they can't afford any other players if they just cut him. Oh my gotta, god! And I don't. Oh my think, god! I, I thought, I thought Mike Purcell was going to go after him on the sidelines, yeah. and he didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't even yeah, stick he, up for he, himself. It kind of he kind of slid away and hid behind somebody else. That team is a disaster. Let's stick with the AFC for a second. Um, are the Dolphins really the second best team in the AFC? No, no, no. It's Ooh, Bills, wait, wait. Chiefs. Still, you still think the Bills, huh? I I think the Dolphins are really fucking good, though. Like. They they're are, and also look out for the Bengals. Agreed. Yeah, they're coming around. They're, my, they're where my notes they were last year at this time, and a year better. I have my yeah. notes. I have Bengals finally catch Ravens. Uh, they're they are coming on strong. I my I put in stock on the Bengals right now in that division. Can we can we cross the Ravens off as a serious uh, playoff contender? Yes. yes. They're they're not legit, right? No. They're prone to shooting themselves in the foot, but they've got the talent any any game to, it, yeah. to beat anyone. I will say Trevor Lawrence, that game he played yesterday was... Yeah, he was the real a, deal. That's a, num- that's a number one pick right there. He's shown himself if to be the real can, deal in that, that game. That might be the, the shift in him turning into what we thought he might be. Yep, I agree. So that's, an argu- that's an argument for waiting on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Absolutely, I don't think you can give up on Zach Wilson. Well, I don't think that his coaches are are watching watching him show the signs of promise that that uh, Lawrence showed even in the previous two years. Lawrence could always throw the ball on a rope, and hung in there, took a beating, took responsibility, led the team through these terrible seasons, didn't bitch. Zach Wilson is, is not cut out to be a leader in the NFL, I don't think. He might not be. His off-the-field distractions may get the best of him. You know, guys, we haven't looked at it for a couple of weeks, but the, the playoffs are really, I mean, we're pretty much done with the teams. Y'all looked lately? Yeah, we're done. Uh, in the AFC, you got nine teams for seven slots. Uh, and in the NFC, you got eight teams for seven slots. Everybody else under 500. Yeah. But yeah. it's still good. The, it's going to be an exciting finish. I mean, you got Cincy, the yeah, Jets, positioning. New England, Chargers. Everyone's right there. Pats and Chargers are out right now at six and five, and the Jets and Bengals are in at seven and four. And I think the Ravens eventually will flip with the Bengals. And well, then, you know, between the Commanders and G-Men and Seahawks, one of those teams not going to make it. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna. Right. I, I predict the commanders get in, and it'll be between the Giants and Seahawks for the last spot. Well, maybe we that probably, will be decided this week. What be we got a game? Wins, it's, a big, right? it's a big game this week. Big yeah. game, guys. A lot of bit, a lot of big games this week. Some yeah, yeah fun games this week. It's Dolphins, game, Niners, Chiefs, Bengals. Yeah, we circled that beginning of the year. We talked about games to look forward to for the year NFL. This was one of the weekends. Chiefs, Bengals rematch. Yeah, Titans, of course. The, by the way, the the Commanders go Commanders Giants by by week, and then come back and play the Giants again. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Yep. Well, I mean, and if you want to knock the Seahawks out, just run the ball. <laughs> I mean, well, I think stop we running. All- the Bucks ran all over them in Munich. I think we can all agree that the Seahawks will get at least one more win this weekend playing what is the most abysmal team in the league right now, the Rams. The Rams, yeah. Oh, how is that possible? It's unbelievable. The Rams they, are getting five points at home against the Seahawks. They, how does that happen? Wrap your head around that. Done, right? Super Stafford Bowl champions. Yeah, Stafford may not play again this year. Yeah. No, I would call that it. Guy, that replacement guy looked like he had some potential there. I think every one of us have had players on our respective teams step up due to injuries this year. I mean, no more so than the Giants playing with a bunch of State Farm insurance salesmen. But <laughs> I, you know, like the Rams, yes, they've had injuries, but no one has stepped up for that team. I mean, no one. Yeah. And and I I mean that team was the Super Bowl champ, and they're they're easily. One of the most, other than the Texans, are the most beatable team right now. 
Crazy. Yep. All right, well, let's go through, our, let's go through our locks house. All right. Where'd well, last week uh, was an interesting week. I think it's really brought the top of the standings into very, very clear. It's going to be an exciting finish. Both Rooster and Bison took the heavily favored Miami Dolphins minus 12 against the Texans and both got a win. So Bison goes to four, seven, and one. Rooster, formerly at three and seven, is now at five and seven in the hunt. Uh, Milk, who was at one point in time five and four, has slipped to five and seven, now having taken the Bucks minus three. So he's <laughs> he's fading. Oh God. Our former leader, who was at seven and three two weeks ago, has taken two losses on the chin. He had Titans plus one. He's at seven and five and house with the auto lock lions on thanksgiving i don't know what they may have only won eight out of 22 but they probably covered 20 out of 22 no, I, yeah for real so they covered plus nine so uh i'm up six and six so we've got oh seven and five at the top back. then six and six five and seven five and seven four seven and one everyone's got a shot at uh the tad thomas betting trophy in the plaxica lock so let's turn to week where are we? 13? Week 13. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I'm bringing okay. up the rear, so I'll, I'll go. Um, well, you said it a minute ago that the Rams were the most putrid team other than the Houston Texans. And I think the Texans are just an abomination of a football team. Uh, so I'm going to take the Browns uh, giving seven. Bison. Before you make that bet, you know what this game is, right? Deshaun. This is the, this is the return to Houston. Return. In this, Houston. This is the return game. And by the way, he may be the key to any hope I have left in our fantasy because I stashed him away a few weeks ago. You better hope roster. he gets some good handies before that game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, I think – the Dolphins are not getting any respect here. While I think the 49ers are good and they've got a nice defense, I think the Dolphins are really, really coming on. I'm going to take the Dolphins getting three and a half points at San Francisco. Dolphins plus three and a half. Milk? Let's see here. I need to change my strategy up. So I'm going to pick just some weird game. Let's go with the Jaguars and Lions. And then I'm going to take this coin. And I want you to call it in the air, House. All right. And tails will be the Lions and heads will be the Jaguars. All right. All right. You ready? Yep. There I go. Tails. It's tails. Okay. Lions minus one. Lions it. minus one. That's where I'm at. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why, why did you need House to call it if tails was going to be? The Lions I don't either know. way. Okay. I don't know. Just, just, well, just making sure I understood. Hope. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine. Man. Give me a break. <laughs> I don't like any of the games this week. Um, so you're, the commanders are going Giants Ooh. by Giants. So I'm, I feel like the Giants at home, uh, it's a little desperation. So I like the Giants and plus they're, give they're getting two and a half that's correct all right rooster we could take any one of your six picks just i I only have one pick because i have a new strategy which is to bet against the texans every week (laughs) and that's my that's where i am all right once again browns minus seven all right good luck fellas all right i like that that's it bison we're done with all right pope this is your this is your opportunity. It's time to make amends with the TCU wait for fan. This. Cannot wait. Go ahead, Pope. College football right. segment. We're waiting yeah, for I, your apology. Let's start off with the apology. I think. Let's yeah, start off with the apology. Good. I'd like to apologize to Jim Harbaugh. Oh shit! Because I I had him dead and buried a couple of years ago and didn't think he was the right answer at Michigan, and boy was I wrong because the Fighting Harbaughs just crushed the life out of the Buckeyes at the shoe. First time they've won there since 2000. Uh, 
back-to-back wins, first time since 99 and 2000. And just, you know, in the fourth quarter when when Ohio State had cut it down to eight, you're thinking, oh, there's a chance. Back-to-back runs of 75 and 85 yards by Edwards, just whatever life there was left in the stadium was just gone. It was awesome. And uh, uh, my apologies, because I think Jim Harbaugh is the answer. And I think Michigan actually is probably the best team uh, right now in college football. They're not going to get it ahead of Georgia uh, because Georgia's going to, you know, win out. But uh, I I like I like Michigan a lot. Um, USC uh, firmly planted itself, I think, as the number four seed in the college football playoffs, taking down the Irish replacing Ohio state, uh, Caleb Williams had a Heisman moment or two. Uh, and you know, congratulations to Lincoln Riley for taking the Sooners. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> Trojans <laughs> to the playoffs in his first year since he fucking stole Caleb Williams and some of the best players from the Sooners. So, Oh, you gets a little bit of credit there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, what else? LSU, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They go to AM. I guess they're looking ahead to Georgia, and there's an outside chance they, they beat Georgia, they go to the playoffs. Well, not so much. Uh, AM just, you know, rolled them. Uh, the Iron Bowl, uh, Alabama, uh, you know, they survived against Auburn. They didn't look great. Um, survived? They, didn't they win by like 30 something points? 49 27. But, you know, I mean, it was a last minute touchdown by Auburn to cut the lead. It, it just, they never looked all year long, and we'll talk about it in a minute. All year long, Alabama just hadn't looked like Alabama. Uh, and then, how about South Carolina? Uh, Shane Beamer, um, yeah, Rattler coming back. Rat- and was Rattler, Rattler smoking a cigar? The Rattler the man is back. Yes, back yes. to back big wins. Back to back, and and taking down the fighting Dabos of Clemson was just unbelievable. I mean, Clemson, what milk? You had this stat. Was it thirty nine? 39 and 0 at home the Clemson second second longest ever yeah and and they lose that record to their hated in-state rival the the Gamecocks wow uh that was nobody saw that one coming um all right TCU look they here we go here Here comes the apology here we go all right did what they were supposed to do well, no, they were TCO. supposed to do. They, <laughs> they were supposed to do. They had a convincing win against a really shitty Iowa State team. Um, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I, I think that Kansas State is going to beat TCU. But oh my god! If <laughs> hey, no, Kansas State's a good team. They were know, beating very good. Oh, okay, beating TCU pretty bad in the second half until their quarterback got hurt. But let me, if TCU wins, I will do a formal apology. I'll probably wear something fucking purple to Sonny Dykes and the rest of my TCU brethren. But other than that, I still think they fucking. This is a clearly a Dallas Fort Worth issue here. No, No, I figured they stole my coach. I hate that. I I have two questions for the Titans of uh, college football. First, has the shine worn off of Dabo Swinney and, and Clemson? Like this has been a couple of years at least. Of yep. really falling backwards, has da- has Dabo lost the touch? Fuck no. Yeah. I yes. Think yes. Yeah, no. he lost his edge. What? Look, I, what? What are the expectations though? He's he's playing the the quarterback ukulele or whatever. He's he continues to play them even though he is sucking for them and throws their games away. And he said, you know, he's going to be starting against North Carolina on Saturday in the ACC championship game. I, I don't get it. Does he not have another quarterback? Clearly, clearly, his backup. So that's a problem, good. right? Clemson right. didn't have quarterback issues with Deshaun Watson. But he's and, got and some girl. five stars coming in. Yeah, and 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 Pope. I I don't normally see these things. I am not accustomed to seeing a whole bunch of Alabama players leaving in the transfer portal. Uh, I've seen like at least three or four names this week of Alabama players hitting the transfer portal is either Saban done or players going sour and like what's going on there beyond it being an, a kind of atypical season. What's going on there? Well, Alabama players traditionally hit the transfer portal when they're not getting enough playing time. And, you know, they're 
they're expecting when they go to Alabama, even though they know they're going to have to compete, they expect to start. And when they're not starting, they're not getting the, the, uh, you know, featured uh, in TV games and the opportunities that they want for NIL and for, you know, ultimately the NFL. So I, I don't blame them. I mean, that's why Saban has a stable when he recruits. Uh, I don't think he's losing a step. Um, you know, I think this was a frustrating year for him. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, next year. You know, Bryce Young is definitely leaving, um, you know, who steps up and you know, they've got to address making stupid penalties and just not playing smart football. What was Saban's um, excuse last year that it was what a rebuilding year last year? Right when they lost. So the Georgia rebuilt team is is not, not what he thought it not would rebuild. be. Huh? It's not. Yeah, rebuild. no. I mean, and now he'll have they, a new quarterback. Look, they, they were never able to replace their receiving core. I think that really was, you know, disappointing. Uh, and and their, you know, running backs uh, Gibbs, the transfer. Uh, he came along. He did had spurts of greatness, but he wasn't consistent. Um, but let's let's talk about house. I've got a little thing here ooh, to turn ooh. it over to you for a development in uh, down in New Orleans. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, actually, I take that back. So uh, Willie Fritz, by the way, Tulane Green Wave, who should never really be part of the college football discussion. They just went from last year being two and ten to this year being ten and two. Playing for the AAC championship. And if they win that game, it's the largest turnaround in FBS history, beating Hawaii. Uh, and they will play wow. in the play in the cotton bowl and be like a 30-point dog to somebody like Penn State, Tennessee, or Alabama. And because of that turnaround, Willie Fritz, who has coached at the dregs of the dregs and come up through like a lot of no-name teams, now has a chance to coach at Georgia Tech. I don't really think that that's such a premier spot. I don't even think Georgia Tech is going to be asked to join a big conference out of the ACC. I think they're going to be stuck there. Uh, in fact, it's funny that Georgia Tech boosters don't really want him. <laughs> uh, it's so bizarre. Tulane doesn't want him to leave, and Georgia Tech doesn't want him to go. But uh, the rumor is that after the game on Saturday against UCF, the rematch for the AAC championship, Willie Fritz will announce he's leaving Tulane to go to Georgia Tech. We'll see. Wow. What do you guys think about Dion uh, getting an offer from Colorado? Yeah. I, I saw mean, that. He confirmed that, right? Yeah. He hasn't made a decision. That's but. interesting. I feel like he can get better than that. Yeah. 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 I think and he like can. we talked about, I mean, it'd be nice to see him stay another year or so. It, it would be. HBC. But Colorado's a school that could get he, behind him in a big way. What, boy, it'd be really interesting. What if he, what if he went to Florida? Oh, Florida? Florida. <laughs> we're firing now, our coach already? Now we're talking. Well, you probably should, but, yeah. uh, but just in general. All right. So before we leave college football, this is the last time we do a pod before we have the final four announced next Sunday. Uh, I've got behind me, our listeners will be able to see it on social media, our chaos theory. Oh, here we go. Your chaos oh, boy. theory. Your chaos theory. Yeah, no one, no one else's. Look, it's Kirk Herbstreit's chaos theory. Care. It's not mine. It's not mine. But if, let's say that TCU gets blown out by Kansas State, which is a possibility. Okay. Okay. So, let's so say USC loses, USC loses to Utah for the second time. It's a possibility. Then, then what happens? Does Ohio State and, and and assume that you know there's one vacancy, not two? So you have uh, you have three teams, in my opinion, that could compete for that fourth spot. That'd be Ohio State, Alabama, and Tennessee. Ohio oh, yeah. State is a one-loss team, having lost to arguably the best team in the country. Yeah, they right? should. And you they think they get, get in? Before you think Alabama with two losses? Al gets Alabama not, was, is lucky not to be a three-loss team. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Ohio State lost by 22 points at home in the biggest game of the year to their arch rival. They got humiliated at home. When's the last time a college football playoff team came off a loss like that and went to the college football playoffs? Hadn't but happened. But why would Bama get in? Bama I, lost to Tennessee. I feel like it was probably Georgia losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. I feel like that's probably Tennessee the last time that's... LSU aren't even in the top 10 anymore. 
Well, LSU might be. Bison, you're actually you're you're right, Bison. I mean, it wasn't a home game for Georgia, but it was the you know SEC championship, and they were undefeated, uh, and they did get fortunate enough to get you know selected. Um, I look, I'm not saying that Alabama should go. I'm just telling you that there are people out there who look at Alabama. They had two losses. Both on the road, one by people three are points, saying one one by one point. <laughs> Everybody is saying this in overtime. Tennessee, oh, on the other God. hand, like say, so, "Hey, we beat, we beat Alabama number six. We beat LSU number eleven. Uh, John we Lewis. Had, we uh, had two losses, uh, and and why would Alabama go over over Tennessee when we beat them head to head? So okay. I don't. I I would assume it's Ohio State. Off. Yeah. So, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be clean. I put a gun to my head. I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU. I, I, I think the team from Fort Worth. And I just have one more USC. college football question. Really, when when TCU uh, stays un, unbeaten and Pope decides that he's got a reason to follow him, will it be because of a connection on his mom's side of the family or his dad's <laughs> side of the family? That's the only oh, I he lives there. He'll just be like, I live there. <laughs> That'll be the connection. I will be against the frogs all the way through. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Hugh Freeze has been hired by Auburn. Interesting. Yeah. That's a horrible hire. Just happened. Lane Kiffin played those guys. They thought they were going to get Kiffin, and now they just made a panic hire. <sighs> I mean, Freeze got fired by Ole Miss because of NCAA investigation and personal issues. Yeah. He did turn Liberty I mean, around. He, he turned Liberty <laughs> into a successful football program. So, Of course, but, Liberty's not in the SEC Division West, but yeah, that's good That's true. That's true. All right. <laughs> Who's got a punchable face? Come on, man. I guess I got to go ahead. I have have a short one too. Go ahead, Bison. Well, it's just getting to be too common. Once again, here we are. Another week, another punchable face. Dan Snyder goes right to the top of the list of of leaders. Uh, I mean, (sighs) what again, what they did to Sean Taylor and the legacy is just outrageous. Somebody in football operations or, or marketing or whatever figured out maybe 10 days ago that this was the 15 year anniversary of of Sean's being murdered and they decided they better do something. So they, they announced that they were going to unveil a permanent installation honoring Sean Taylor at the stadium. A statue. Notice everybody, everybody's mind is drawn to like the Michael Jordan statue, right. the yeah. Ted, Ted Williams statue out in front of Fenway. Yeah, they went yes. down to the wax museum. <laughs> so I don't know they what obviously happened here, did, so this is intriguing. Oh, yeah. So what they did was they clearly went into the store, into the, the commander's store, and pulled a mannequin off of a, a display. What? And threw a Nike jersey on with a Reebok pair of pants and threw a pair of Adidas soccer cleats on the mannequin and put a Sean Taylor Jersey on it and uh, put a little plexiglass around it. And it is just. Absolutely and they invited amazing. his family to watch. Like it's not a real statue. They, they gave out the free boxes of popcorn to the family. It is an abomination. Hold yet on. again. Time out here. Oh yeah. Didn't, didn't they do something, but they didn't they do this last year and there was a problem. Well, last year, what they did was they announced on the Thursday before the Sunday game that they were going to be retiring his number. So that was, you know, the plan. There you go. That's it. it Look at the arms, Milk. Look at the arms. It's not even a complete mannequin. It's like the the wire frame of a mannequin. There's there's no face. There's no face. It's just really bad to do for a dead person, too. It's Are just, you it's fucking like, kidding me? It's like desecration. Holy, you can't. He's got wires for arms. What? And yeah. no what, face. What and can no they face. possibly put some gloves thinking. on him? 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's the damnedest thing Al, I've ever seen. Al Gal- Al Galby, who's probably the uh the uh, the biggest DC insider, uh whose podcast comes out every day, covers all the DC sports. Al had a great idea. He said, maybe just let Sean Taylor rest in peace at this point and yeah. stop trying to use him and his and his death for marketing purposes. And I think Al hit, hit the nail on the head with that one. So uh-huh. once again, the Commanders franchise gets punched in the face up and down. Maybe your new ownership will do a proper re- re- token of respect. Ugh. Oh my God. Rooster, you got one too? I have a quick one. You guys heard this story about OBJ getting yanked off an airplane oh, yeah. in Miami. Yes. Well, wait, wait, wait. I was asking That's that earlier. future Dallas Cowboy OBJ. Yeah. Was he heading so, to Dallas? So last night, his his agent put out a statement, which if true, uh, you know, look, I don't want to encourage all the Karens of the world to get drunk on airplanes and take it out on flight attendants. But if true, this flight attendant needs a punch in the face. I agree. Uh, here's the story from OBJ's agent. They were late pulling away from the gate. Well, they pulled away from the gate in Miami and they were sitting on the runway for a long time. So he puts a blanket over his head and goes to sleep. Next thing he knows, they're back at the gate and, and this flight, this male flight attendant is shaking him saying, you need to get off the plane right now. And he's like, "What, what are you talking about? He said, you, you wouldn't wake up when I told you to. And so uh, I'm pulling everyone off this flight because you refuse to get off the plane. He's like, what do you mean I refuse to get off the plane? I was asleep. I didn't even know you were trying to wake me up. And, you know, what his agent is saying is this is a flight attendant who's let power go to his head and had to show the whole flight, the whole that he could he could get the plane back to the gate and kick OBJ off the plane if he felt like it because he he said get up and this guy was asleep with a blanket over his head and didn't respond to him. And OBJ's agent is, is point is this: if you're able to wake him up at the gate after you've caused the entire plane to mm-hmm. turn around and go back to the gate, why couldn't you wake him up out on the runway and say put your seatbelt on? Which is all what this was all about. The seatbelt wasn't on. Well, the the plane wasn't even ready to take off, so he didn't have his seatbelt on. And then when he then he do wake him up at the gate, he's like, "Oh, I'm sure I'll put my seatbelt on, no problem." Nope, nope. Either you get off the, fl- the plane, or every other passenger has to get off. And they call the police, and the police drag him off the the flight. I mean, it's just ridiculous the the power trip that some people are on. It's it's absurd. And again, I really don't want to encourage the idiots you see out there mouthing off to flight attendants and yeah. taking swings at them, but. But this is stupid. It's just this stupid. Definitely American Airlines, right? It's it had to be. Yeah, it had to be. Well, it's my it had to be. American Airlines. Well, that's yeah. the first American Airlines gets punched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mace punches uh, them all the time. On I do routinely on Twitter. Not officially. <laughs> uh, Rooster, you got a lasso for us? Barbecue sauce. <laughs> I have a lasso coming straight at you from Doha, Qatar, believe it or not. After all the bad things we've said about the World Cup, there is a nice story coming out of out of out of the World Cup about the Japanese fans. I don't know if you saw this article in the New York Times this morning, but <clears throat> shortly after they got they suffered a disappointing loss to Costa Rica, cameras captured the Japanese fans cleaning up the stadium and one of them was interviewed he said it's a it's the way we're raised it's a sign of respect for the place it's not it's not our place we came in here and we aim to leave it cleaner than we found it and they've been sorry serious giving an appearance irrelevant information um listening so anyway anyway fans from fans from many of the other uh countries have seen this happening have picked up on it and it's become sort of a communal thing um at, at the at the uh, ahmed bin ali stadium led by the japanese contingency so you know it's it's nice to see 
a culture of respect versus entitlement every now and then. I mean, how many times have we gone to a game and you see these idiots throwing their crap everywhere and, you know, just walk right by a trash can and throw their trash on the floor instead. It, it, it's, it's a nice story and, and uh, uh, cheers to the Japanese for, for behaving like adults. Good one. Rooster, I don't know if you saw, but it wasn't just the fans in the stands. The team did it in their own locker room. Yes. They cleaned up after themselves in the locker room. After the game against Germany, they showed the locker, and it was cleaner than when the game started. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Anybody got anything else this week? Go USA, Good show. Go USA. Let's do it. All right. The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.